Play analysis, Devin Nash be on the mic, so you know it's hella lit. Better plug your headphones in on Apple Podcasts, and we up on Spotify. Ooh, on Anchor too, no parachute, we so fly. We talking sports and music, what's the newest in that culture? Better stream, yeah, you better tune in. It ain't gonna cost ya. We talking sports and music, what's the newest? Got exclusives, yeah, we do this play by play. Follow the page, eh? If you don't know, don't worry about it. Yo, what is going on, everybody? It's the Play-By-Play Analysis Podcast. It's your boy, Devin Ashby, SKA Play-By-Play. If you know, you know. If you don't know, don't worry about it. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? We out here. You know, um, we got my boy in the building again. You know, the people's champ, the Chargers fan, one of the few that I know outside of the city or inside of the city of L.A. And uh, he's here with us today, you know, back from his trip, you know, had to go see the missus and whatnot, but he's back. My boy, Jamal, what is going on, sir? What's good, everybody? You know, I just got back from the ATL and I witnessed Luca just put fits in the Hawks and watch him drop 73 points. He was so smooth with it, I didn't even realize he had 40 till he had 50, but you know, that's just how things go when you reckon Triple D. Uh, I'm here to spread the word, the good word of ignorance and to say, you know, fuck the Chargers. I, I, I'm still I'm still a fan, but you know. <laughs> but fuck, fuck. That's how I feel about the Bucks right now. You know, so so we we gonna we gonna get into that. And you know, much like ourselves, you know, I, I think everybody ought to take a page out of the book of Kayshawn Boutte. Every day, bet on yourself, you know? Every Fuck what people tell you, whether it's underage or illegal, bet on yourself, you know? It doesn't matter what people say, because people are going to attack you. They're going to arrest you in some cases like they did him. <laughs> bet on yourself. When no means no, find another way. Consensually. <laughs> Consensually. Consensually. No, no, you know. But we're here with we're here with and we're here to talk about a team that just would not be told no. And that is the Kansas City Chiefs. We thought they were dead. Well, maybe not we. I thought they were dead. I wrote them off. Fuck them. Fuck Taylor Swift. Fuck everybody. Is what I thought coming in. This is this is this is what I thought, right? And same on the, you know, whatever. But they proved us wrong. And then well, me, I keep saying us and we. Me. <laughs> they proved you. me wrong. Um, and then on the flip side, we have the Lions and the and the 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 the, um, the 49ers, you know. But we're we're gonna jump in all the that. Lions? The Lions. Lions. Did you not watch that game? Those were the Detroit Chargers. What are you talking about? Oh yeah, no, we're gonna get in all of that. The Detroit Chargers, uh, Lions, whatever the fuck you want to call them. The you know. But we gonna get into it. This is this was NFL. Conference Championship Weekend, AFC, NFC, so the rights to figure out who's going to the Super Bowl, who's going to go to that dystopian place over there in Vegas. And now we figured it out. And it is the Chiefs and the 49ers. And we're going to start over on the AFC side because that was the game that everybody, for the most part, was looking forward to. Um, you know, that was the one. It, it was the presumptive league MVP, Lamar Jackson, going up against the greatest of his generation in Pat Mahomes. You know, the league's number one defense versus the best quarterback the number two defense versus the soon-to-be league MVP. I mean, everything matched up. The first 
AFC Championship to be hosted in Baltimore. Like, it just it just all seemed to line up. And what we got was a defensive battle, as we kind of probably should have seen coming with the top two defenses in, in the playoffs left. So, you know, we got that. Um, the, the entire... You, you remember in Spider-Man 3 when... Eddie Brock was in the church praying. He's like, I want you to kill Peter Parker. <laughs> That's essentially America with Taylor Swift. We are sick of her. We were sick and tired of being sick and tired. We didn't want to see her no more. We thought the nightmare would be over, finally. Lamar was the one that was going to save us from the Swifties and all of their Swifty bullshit. We thought he would... And, 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 and lo and behold, hell no, it didn't happen. Uh, Patrick Mahomes said the South got something to say. Because he is from Texas, so he said, the South got something to say. And they walked into Baltimore. This man, Mahomes, was cooking. He started out like 11 of 11. And a touchdown. He, I think, I want to say he ended the first half 20 of 25. Right. And ended the first quarter 11 of 11. Like, this man could not miss. He could not miss. And then, to make things worse... Ravens just kept self-sabotaging. They just kept shooting themselves in the foot. You know, Lamar, after one of the most incredible touchdown passes you'll see, where he basically, like, if you're Drew, Jank, Drew, Drew Tranquil, I can't even say that name ten times fast. If you're Drew Tranquil, former Charger, by the way, and you have this man wrapped up, you're on this man's back, and he just tosses you aside like a rag doll, rolls out, and throws a beautiful bomb to Zay, to Zay Flowers, what do you do? What do you do? You know? You'd be like, damn, coach. I thought I had him. Coach coming over there, like, what the hell are you doing? Coach, you try to tackle. Since you know what every damn hell? thing. What the hell do you do? What the hell am I doing? What the hell am I supposed to do? So you have that happen. But then after that, really, and, and then Lamar caught his own pass, like that meme where the dude throws it up and catches it, like, <laughs> through the, to, like, you know, after those two plays, the Ravens were pretty much held in check the rest of the game. Like, I don't. I don't know where the Ravens thought they were the Chiefs at one point because at the end of the day, Lamar ended up throwing 40 passes. Now, I'm not here to say Lamar's not a great passer because Lamar can throw the ball. He's not a great passer of the ball, but he's a really good passer of the ball. But that's not Ravens football. That's not Ravens football. (laughs) That's not the brand you built. That's not the team you built. That's not the identity. That you've chosen to have basically since your inception. You have decided, okay, we were going to play downhill power run football. Lamar is going to throw the ball eh, 25 times a game or so. But 40? And it's not like Kansas City did a good job stopping the run in the first half for the most part. Like, yeah, they had a stop here and there. But for the most part, the run game worked. But for whatever reason, they chose to go away from it. And look, anytime you can get the Ravens away from what they're doing best. Now, this isn't 2018. This isn't him in the playoffs against the Chargers where they say, fuck a linebacker, we're just going to put some safeties and you have to beat us with your arm. Lamar's not that guy anymore. But it is still the Ravens' offense to run the ball. They ran a grand total of 11 times. 11. 11 in four quarters against a defense that couldn't stop the run. <laughs> they couldn't stop the run. And I'm like, bro, 
I don't know. I don't understand. Maybe maybe it's just maybe it's just me. I don't know. Maybe it's just us as fans. Maybe we just don't know shit. But we watched last week the Houston Texans basically do what the Chiefs did. And Lamar and them adjusted by forget the the quick passes was one thing that they adjusted with. But they also ran Lamar Jackson. And I don't know, and people were saying, I don't know if he got in his own head and was starting to hear about people saying he's not quarterback enough or or he's not, or I don't know if they thought that they were going to have to get into a pissing contest with Pat Mahomes. I don't know if they just didn't. I don't know what it was. But it felt like they were overthinking this because the defense kept them in. The, after the first half, the defense settled in there. Their defense didn't give up anything. Second half, the defense locked in. And you just all you had to do was score one touchdown. Just score one more. And you had it, obviously, Zay Flowers, if he doesn't fumble at the one-yard line. See, Zay Flowers also, by the way, I think he single-handedly killed the game for them. In one series. In one series. You hit the deep ball. Zay Flowers, you finally got something. Then the man gets up. I understand pushing the dude off you because he won't let you go. But then to throw the ball at him and stand over him? What are you doing? What are you doing? That's some dumb shit you do in practice. That's during some dumb shit you do in practice. You are, and I understand he's a rookie, he's a young player, but the Ravens, there was so many, it's so much uncharacteristic Ravens stuff that I saw in this. Like the Ravens do not shoot themselves in the foot, bro. Like the, the amount of like mental errors, dudes folding under pressure down the line, you know, like cracking under the, mo- letting the moment get too big for them. Like, you know, pushing people, fighting people, like just losing their composure, losing all common sense, like throughout the game. And my brother put it to me this way, and it's just hard. Sometimes I don't even think about it. But you know how pressure-filled the NFL playoffs is, where it's like, bro, you have one chance. It's not like the NBA where you got to win four games. You have one day, one opportunity. The season comes down to one game in 90 minutes, and you either build for it or you're not. And most niggas can't handle it. The Ravens could not handle it at all. No, and it, again, it comes from the top, from the top down. Andy Reid was more prepared. Yep. Andy Andy Reid had been here before. Mm-hmm. He's won multiple times. Even before, even if we erased his Kansas City tenure from what he went through in Philly, he's been there. He's done that. There's nothing he's not prepared for. Um, this Ravens staff has not. Lamar has won two playoff games, I believe, in his career. I believe he's two and five. I believe he's the same record as. Excuse me, I believe he's the same record as Dak, but that's not comparison. That's just a fact to throw out there. Right. I mean, hey, hey, we can't lie. Numbers don't lie. People do. You know? So even though people use numbers to lie, but I mean number numbers, numbers don't, don't necessarily lie. lie, but you can twist the story around. Yeah, it's, it, you can, but like it's hard to point to a number and be like, that is not number two. That's not number two. <laughs> it's like, yes, it is. But it's the point is. The proof is right there. You are what your record is. As Bill Parcells once said, you are what your record is. Like, you you cannot... And then, like, yeah, like we said, you it's they got away from their identity. It's like, bro, they didn't try to, they didn't try to run Lamar. And I'm just sitting here in the second half waiting for it. Like, bro, when are they going to use Lamar as, you know, forget what other people say. Who cares what people say, what people think? Do what got you here. It's not supposed to look pretty. This is the playoffs. <laughs> It's not supposed to look pretty. The one who punched you there. That's a common thing. And you know what? Fuck, fuck your offense. Right. Fuck your OC. Fuck all the complexities that people think come with football. If you have Lamar Jackson on your team, I'm calling the timeout and say, Lamar, 
Go be you. Do what you got to do. Yeah. That may or may not be 12 straight design runs for Lamar Jackson. It may be six dropbacks for Lamar Jackson that he just so happens to take wherever the fuck he wants to do with it. I'm saying you're my best player. I'm gonna put the ball. I'm gonna put you in the best position possible. I'm gonna let you do what you do best. And you know what, quarterbacky or not, however you feel about Lamar or not, what he does best is run, and that is the identity you built. That boy run. No, I'm playing chill, chill. But yeah, no, no, yeah, no. That's it. I mean, use your strengths, bro. You don't have to be Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes can throw forty times in the game because he has to. Because he can't run. He run like a he run like a JV mom. You know. And I. I've been saying for a long time. The Ravens got outravened by the Chiefs. Go ahead. Go ahead. Maybe. Like, you know, in the in the in the postseason, even still, even in today's passing era, it's two things you gotta be able to do in the playoffs. You gotta run the ball and you gotta be able to play defense. And look, I've said this for a long time. I lost my train of thought, but I got it back. Throwing the ball forty times is never good. Never. Get, Not in the playoffs at least. Not in the playoffs. You can do it in the regular season. I don't care. What team it is, at least in regulation. In overtime, I get I get a pass because cool. you know it's right. extra, time. extra time. But if I have to throw the ball forty times, that means for one, I'm not running the ball. You're not. That means two, I'm running too many plays and not succeeding in getting in the end zone. Exactly. And four, three, four, whatever number I'm on. If <laughs> two I'm and four, four, two and three. You're two three. and four. Two, four, three, whatever. Put it, average them together. If average NFL offense is only running sixty to seventy yards, sixty to seventy plays a game, that means I have zero balance in my offense. That means seventy percent to eighty percent of the plays I'm running, the defense can predict pass. Right. That that's not helping anything. Not helping any. And this, and yeah, especially for this team. It's like, bro, which, you know, but we all, we can only say it so many times. Like, the point is, Ravens let them get away. The other thing, look, the AFC fucked up. The entire AFC fucked up. This was the most vulnerable you will ever see the Kansas City Chiefs. You had them. It. You had them. This is the year. The Patrick Mahomes throwing temper tantrums on the sidelines. You got Kadarius Tony going on IG Live during the game talking about they making up my injuries. You got uh, fucking... People getting hurt, you know, just people holding out, you know, Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey looking old because his knee's weak because he probably just busted nothing. No, okay, let me be quiet. Let me stop. <laughs> but, you know, you know, like this was the most vulnerable you were ever in theory that you were going to catch at least the offensive side of the Chiefs. Like their defense is cool, but this is the most vulnerable the Chiefs have been in years. And nobody stepped up to the plate. Not not a soul. Maybe, maybe the Niners will do it. For the NFC, maybe the NFC would pick up the slack that the AFC couldn't. But nobody on the a- NFC on the AFC did what they had to do. The the Josh Allen folded, Lamar folded, Tua folded, everybody folded. Oh, what's up? And you know, we we, we were saying, well, you were saying that you ain't believed in the Chiefs all year. Yeah, because I mean, in my in thing. my head, in in fairness. Yo, if somebody shows you, for, if somebody tells you for 17 weeks, hey, fam, I'm a, I'm a bum-ass nigga, fam. I'm a bum-ass nigga, fam. Fam, I'm a bum-ass nigga. And they tell you that 17 weeks in a row. You think week 18, all of a sudden, it's just... Like, if your daddy ain't been home for 17 years, 
And then in year 18, he just comes like, hey, I'm home, baby. You're supposed to just Here's believe the- him? No, you're right. But this goes back to what I'm saying, what I've said all year. Do I think the Chiefs are who they who they are? Yes. But at the same time, Mahomes, I've seen Mahomes pull too much shit out of his ass to ever fully doubt him. And he and you fucking know did it again. And he and did it again. Did it again. <laughs> so, I hate I hate that I was right about it. Uh, I'm not happy about it. I didn't want it to happen. Who wants the Super Bowl champion to be from your division? Not me. Nobody should want it. I don't even. The but, thing is, I don't even hate Mahomes, bro. Like I, I rock with Mahomes, bro. I just, I just wanted this for Lamar so bad, bro. I just, I just wanted because you know I'm, I'm like, Ravens are like my second team essentially because it's like you know I'm from the area, so it's like when the Ravens do well, you know, it's like it's, it's, it's the thing. You know, I went to school over there. They had Morgan State singing the national anthem before the game. Like yo, you know, I don't hate Mahomes. I like Patrick Mahomes. He's a Texan. He's an Adidas man. There's really nothing for me to dislike. But as, as a sports fan in general, I, I've i been a Chargers fan my whole life, meaning I've been in the AFC right. West. Yeah, it's different I for you. Ain't, I ain't never met this many Chiefs fans until about five years ago. Never. My thing is, I, I, all the people from Kansas City... I'm happy for them because they had to endure 50 years of foolishness. Because you remember when we, you and I were growing up, the Chargers ran the division. The Chiefs were ass. They were an afterthought. Nobody thought about the Chiefs. Like I, I remember I asked the group before: Is is Kelsey the greatest tight end of all time, or is he just the tight end who got put in the best situation of all time? Because I don't think Kelsey is any better than Tony Gonzalez. But if you think about who was the best quarterback Tony Gonzalez had on the Chiefs? Trent Green? Was it Trent? No, no, he had Matt Castle for one year. No, he didn't. Matt? You're right. No, it was Trent Green. It was Trent Green. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah, no, it was Trent, Trent Green. Green might have been the best quarterback. And that's not taken away from But Kelsey. that's just the Chiefs, though. Then he went to Atlanta, had Tony had um He had Matty Ice. Yeah, but fuck him. But, but that was for, that was for the back half of his back career. Back half of his career, yeah. So for his youth and his prime, I the fact that we can't even tell you who his quarterback was should tell you enough. The fact that I know it was Trent Green for maybe three years, but anything prior, no idea. No idea. So I got nothing against the Chiefs. And, you know, if you're from Kansas City, you are a fan. I'm, I'm not going to take that away from you. Right. Just like I feel the same way about Golden State. What, none of you Warriors fans, if you're not from the Bay, you just hopped on the Steph Curry train. Exactly, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that, but be, be real with it. Don't be walking but around I, here. Admit it. Just, and that's how I feel about the Chiefs. What, none of you. Tell, who was the quarterback before Patrick Mahomes? Alex Smith. Alex Smith. Yes. But, but, but that's the head. thing. When Andy Reid first got there and then when Alex Smith first got there, that was the – like, they kind of were still kind of on their way up. Before that, wasn't nobody thinking about the Chiefs? When Matt Castle was there? Nigga, are you for real? No. Wasn't nobody thinking about them? No. So And now, oh, now okay. they got the greatest quarterback of all time, and they bought, they bought one Super Bowl away and went away from being a dynasty because I think three is a dynasty. Two is a good run. Three is a dynasty. Yes, if you ask me three, three is the magic number for dynasty. Two can be the magic number if it's back-to-back. Yeah, I was about to say, if you win, or or if it's like something crazy, like if you win two Super Bowls and then you've been to like four, mm-hmm. that kind of sort of is a dynasty. But once you win three, that's official. Like it, three or more is, is when you're like 
Yes. So, so yeah. And not to mention this year with the Chiefs fans, they had an extra, <laughs> extra element that none of us want to talk about. Fucker, fucker. Even though you know, personally, I I know it's jokes and stuff. I really don't care about Taylor Swift like that. Like it, I, I no. like joking. I don't. I don't care that she's there. You know, Travis can do what he wants. You know, you know, or who he wants. You know, so like they 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 can chill over there. I just we got two more weeks and then the nightmare's over. You know, just two more it, weeks. It, but it, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, if I have to see one more Taylor Swift video at work, I no no, all right, I'm not doing it. But that's neither here nor there. Taylor might not even go because she's going to have a busy week that week because you got the Grammys, you got a show in Tokyo, and then a show in Australia. So she may not even be at the Super Bowl. So I, I hope she enjoys Tokyo. She eats all the sushi. I hope she gets to, you know, see a kangaroo in its natural environment. Just Why stay a away kangaroo, from though? Like, yo, there's so many other disgusting animals in Australia. No, I'm playing. No, yeah. Yeah, no, for real. But we moving on. We got to go across country. We got to go to the Bay Area. Bang, bang, Niner gang. Um... <clears throat> First of all, I got to tell you, I feel really bad for Detroit fans, like really bad, because it's not even just that y'all got there. I don't think anybody gave them a shot to win. No, nobody I saw gave them a shot to win. These niggas were up 17 points at halftime. And Dan Campbell started getting Brandon Staley ass. And it's like, bro, hold on. Hold on. First of all, the one time you were supposed to be aggressive right before halftime when you're sitting at the three on fourth and goal. And you decide, hey, no, 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 let's go for the points. We're going to kick a field goal. And everybody in the stadium is thinking you were going to go for it. That, and, and not that that was a bad decision, but, like, if you were going to be aggressive, I would have done it then. Just me. So that's that. Then in the second half, when you were supposed to be conservative, then you're getting aggressive. You had two fourth downs. I mean, one of them was a drop pass, I get. But, yo, you're down 27-24. Kick the field goal. Kick the field goal. This is the NFC championship. This ain't, this ain't the regular season. It's the NFC Championship. You don't get no more chances to 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 make it right if you if you don't get it, and it cost them. You had Slim Shady in the crowd, fucking flipping, flipping fans off. People on Twitter was complaining. I'm like, um, you have to be 12 because how else do you think Eminem is gonna act? Right. It, it, anyway, um, it was so refreshing to see this from the outside. Like, oh. This is what it looks like when the Chargers play. And the blue is almost the same shade of blue, too. So, like, it it, it was so refreshing to know. I just watched the Detroit Chargers because that was charging at, at – that was that was elite-level charging right there. Elite-level charging. Up 17 points, going into the half, dominating on the ground, through the air – Jared Goff is is looking like sunshine from remember the Titans. He's slanging that thing. He really I'm do look Saint like Ryan Gosling. He really does look like Ryan Gosling. That's what I'm saying. I'm on Saint Raw. Yeah, I'm on. I'm on. I'm on Saint Raw Brown. Yes, or no, I'm on Raw Saint Brown. I'm on Raw Saint Brown. Is out there looking like an Egyptian god card from Yu Gi Oh. If you don't get that concept, you're too young. You're too young. He he's out there making blue eyes white dragon out there, bro. Jameer Gibbs is looking like who's a wasted first round pick? Who a wasted first round pick? After halftime, they said, "Yeah, we're done playing football. I'm good for the day." It wasn't even after halftime. It was after the third quarter. It was like halfway point in the third quarter. San Francisco said, "All right, enough of this. 
they threw that ball to Brandon Ayuk, and it should have been intercepted. And this jump just ricocheted off the man's helmet. Ayuk catches it down at the five, and then it was off of the races from there. The, the floodgates and opened. It was- it was down. All the Lions magically couldn't catch no more. Could they were fumbling the ball at the twenty yard couldn't line. Couldn't stop nobody. I, like damn, someone checked their parlays because ain't no fucking way. Ain't no fucking way. Got people thinking that. And this is see this is the other thing. Niggas told me speaking of parlays. Niggas told me that this shit was rigged because of the colors of a damn Super Bowl poster. Everybody was looking at Super Bowls, talking about, oh, look at the colors, because the colors, that means the Ravens and Niners are going to get in. Shut the fuck up. Yo, it is still the NFL. Football is, of all the professional sports to try to rig, football is easily the worst one to try. Because it's too much shit that needs to happen on a connecting all, all at once. All at once for that to go well. Like basketball, you can you can get one or two people to be like, hey yo, sell it. And it'll fuck everything up. You can't do that in football. It's not possible. It's not. You still gotta go out there and beat niggas, bro. This year's colors were the worst ones to try to judge. Like, oh, it's red and purple. You do realize there's only two purple teams in the NFL. And yeah. It's it's only the Vikings and the Ravens. No one else is purple. Right. And it's like a million red teams. And one of them is a dynasty. In way in the middle. Like, so you chose red and purple, like fam. That's at least twenty percent of the league on one side and like three percent of the league on the other. Right. That, you you gotta find a different conspiracy than that one. And I'm like, bro, is it just the last three Super Bowls all of a sudden? Cause it's like, bro, y'all try look at all the other Super Bowls. Y'all tried this years ago. Niggas tried it with Fucking, they tried to say, oh, the Patriots and Vikings were shoe-ins. And neither one of them, well, the Vikings didn't get there, the Eagles did. You know, like, y'all keep trying this, bro. It is not fucking rigged. It's not scripted. Stop it. (laughs) For all of you who still think, I'll just break it down as simple as possible. We all know the world goes around with money, right? Mm -hmm. Capitalist, all this shit. Do you think if the game was rigged, the NFL would make the most money from a team from Kansas City, Missouri? It's not even that. Do you? If it was rigged, there is no way that the most valuable franchise in football would not have even gotten to a Super Bowl in 25 years, let alone win one. No, there is no, no way that Dallas would be in this type of a drop. And the Cowboys make money every Hand and foot. Not just in Texas. Hand to mouth. Or whatever the, however the phrase, hand and fist, something. Fisting people? Do you think that the Jets would be trash? Well, Do you the think Jets might. The Jets, no, hold on, hold on. No, the, the Jets still might. No, no, no. <laughs> it's the way, Jets. Would the Giants still be trash? No. The Giants would not be trash, no. The Giants? Would, would they let both LA teams be trash? Hell no. Way too much money in it. Too much Come money. On. You're would, telling would me. The, would one of the most historic franchises in NFL history be located in Green Bay, Wisconsin? Well, actually, probably. No, no. You, you got to have some. I mean, based on history, they, they, they could. They could you, it Green, wouldn't Green be Bay's in cool. Green Bay. It would be in Cincinnati. It would be somewhere in Ohio. Somewhere where you can make money. All the but media markets, basically. Like Chicago, D.C. You know? Tennessee. But it's just it, just the the Cowboys alone are proof enough that the NFL ain't rigged. Because you telling me the most valuable franchise in all of professional sports in North America, all professional sports in North America in particular, you telling me that team 
ain't even been to a NFC championship in 25 years. And y'all going to sit here and tell me about how scripted the league is. Please shut the fuck up. Please. Just enjoy the script writing jokes like the rest of us. Right. And take a shit so serious. Some of y'all niggas actually believe it. I don't actually believe it's scripted. I do think that the NFL caught on to y'all catching on to them and decided to change the script last minute. That's why the Ravens lost. <laughs> that's that's what I. If you gonna make a joke, that's what it is. That's what happened. Lions Lions was about to blow the whole thing open, and then and then Roger made that call at halftime. Like, all right, y'all, chill out. They called him and then was like, "Hey, I'm gonna need you to chill out. I'm gonna need you to get your boy." He's <laughs> like, "Nah, yo." I'm, I just, I'm, all I have to say about this is Cheddar Bob ain't shoot himself in the foot for the Lions to act like this. It sure the fuck didn't. It just, man, but, oh, man, like I said, I feel for the Lions fans. You know, this is a hell of a ride, man. You know, a hell of a ride. Do you understand that they still have not won a road playoff game since 1957? That, that's crazy to think about. Like, the Lions as a franchise are responsible for causing two all-time and arguably the greatest at their position ever to retire early. Like, Barry had four or five elite years left. Because, yep. hell, he, he didn't take no hits. He was too hard to hit. Yep. Calvin, Calvin Johnson was hurt all the time because y'all offense was, fuck it, Calvin down there somewhere. This nigga Calvin Johnson had two of his best seasons. During an 0-16 season and a season in which y'all went like 3-13, and but that still is true. He broke Jerry Rice's record during a season that y'all won three games. <laughs> like, I would have retired too. Yeah, I can't blame him. And that's what the Lions drive people to. Back then, but this is and a new then- era. This is a new era now. And, I mean, to, to, to erase all of that and get to an NFC championship and actually have a damn good fighting chance of winning and not come up and come up short, it's, will, it, it hurts. I will say this. Everybody the 49ers, in America for them. The 49ers did not win the AFC championship. The Detroit Lions lost it. Well, neither of them won the AFC championship. Shut the fuck up. You know what I mean. <laughs> but, the, the Lions gave the NFC gave it championship. Away. And believe me, again, you see the flat, you see the blanket behind me. Yep. I'm a Chargers fan. I've seen a lot of games just like that. giving away over the last five years. They out there giving it up like an IG model that got flown out. They gave it up like a $12 hooker on $5 Friday. Bro, gave it up like a high school senior. It just, at a, at a party in the basement. It This shit was, oh man, you just hate it for them. You really do, you know? This now we're stuck with the Super Bowl nobody wanted. This is Middle America's dream. You got the the great white hope Brock Purdy, the last of his kind, game managing, unathletic, nothing special about him as white quarterback Joey Bosa, America's yeah. favorite pass rusher. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, it's on on and, and Kyle Shanahan on one side, the, gent, the the representation of gentrification in the Bay Area on one side. Well, a white man running the football with Christian McCaffrey. That's one side. Now you go over the flip side, and you got Kansas City, Missouri. Kansas City, Missouri. In the this Taylor Swift. 
dating another <laughs> white man. Like, yeah. another white man who used to date black women who is arguably Leveled the second, uh, arguably the third most famous Kelsey because Mama oh, is first and, and then Jason. And Jason, Jason over here, beer chugging, shirtless in Buffalo. This is this is middle America's dream. They see themselves. This is representation at its finest during Black History Month. During Black History Month, with a three fifths of a quarterback. If you get that joke, then you then you paid attention to history. Uh, you know, like yo, this is what we got in 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 the Super Bowl instead of. Lamar and Eminem. I mean, in, instead of the blackest, blacky black Super Bowl possible, we could have had the city of Detroit versus and the city of Baltimore. We could have had that in the fucking Super Bowl. Instead, we get Middle America's dream. It's cool though, because you know, I'm still, you know, I'm still gonna watch. We still, <laughs> still got Usher at halftime, so you know, I'm, I'm rooting for Usher. That's all that. Now we're gonna have white folks thinking Taylor Swift should play with them. No, yeah, no. Now now the Swifties, and I'm gonna see it on TikTok. I have all of these young white women and these older white women who are part of this cult. Yes, the Swifties are a cult. I said it. All I fan bases are cult. Swifties, Barb's, Beehive, all the other all, cults, especially all the cults. And all of them are gonna say she should be performing instead of Usher. Who is Usher? Bitch, watch your mouth. Soldier boy, kiss you through the phone. I slap you through. Right? No, no. I swear, I swear for God. If I see one person, actually, no. Let me not do that. I ain't gonna swear to God. I ain't gonna do that. If I see one person even open their mouth to suggest that Taylor Swift, that Usher should let Taylor Swift play with her, I'm gonna slap the shit out you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna really do it. I'm gonna just backhand the shit. I don't believe in violence. Equal rights, equal less. We catching all this. If these hands bisexual. I will fight everybody. Like no, he may not believe in violence, but I sure did. No, yeah, no. I don't turn the other cheek. I ain't Martin Luther King. No, bro. Yeah, I'm Malcolm X out this bitch. Like, nah, we we duking it up, bro. If I see one person, I it's bad enough that y'all people compare her to Michael Jackson, just because a couple people fanned at a Taylor Swift concert. It's bad enough that y'all compare her to Michael Jackson. But I swear, no, uh, uh-uh. all right, we gonna move on before I really start fighting somebody. I'm gonna hit the screen and then I'm not gonna have a computer. Wusa, <laughs> Wusa. We have reached my favorite part of the show. It's a segment I like to call Big Time Plays in the Day. It's dedicated to all the stuff happening. Football, everything around the country, sports, the world, whatever. All right? So I'm going to tell you, the rest of the NFL still goes on. You know, the Super Bowl is just between these two teams. Now, all the rest of the NFL has got to figure out what they're doing going forward. So it's a lot of teams that have now got new head coaches. You know, it's some that we saw coming, like... uh, Jim Harbaugh to the Chargers, you know, we saw that, at least if you've been paying attention like I have, um, you, we, the, the, you know, some other teams that still, you know, figuring the thing, Raheem Morris came out of nowhere, I didn't see that coming, everybody thought Belichick would get a job, I don't know why, but everybody thought he would get a job, um, you know, the only two teams left that haven't filled jobs are uh, Seattle and Washington, which we expect that's going to happen now that the two top choices for them are both out of the playoffs now. So, that being said, your observations of what's going on, mainly with your charges, I'm going to start with them because Jim Harbaugh, you know, that was the one. I mean, you are fuck Jim Harbaugh, left, right, whatever, sideways, whatever. So, I just got to ask you, what are your thoughts on uh, your new head coach? (coughs) 
Michigan, fuck the color uh, navy blue, fuck maize, that bitch is just yellow, fuck that block M, that shit ugly, fuck the wolverines unless it's red dawn, I don't know what them three stripes on the back of the helmet are, but it ain't Adidas logo, so why the fuck is it back there, fuck you, um, fuck the Jordan logo that you allowed on the football field, it is disrespectful to the game, and I will never forgive you for that, um, fuck your defensive coordinator who you brought in from Michigan to the Chargers, because I'm not really fond of college defensive coordinators if it was a college offense we could talk but not a college defense uh, we've already had enough issues from that um the chargers today did hire um the ravens direct their personnel to be our new gm anything's better than coupon time so i'll give you that one um who's going to the raiders coupon time raiders fans can't I make this shit up. right that's what i'm saying you can't make this shit up all i have to say oh I, man Coupon but, time going to Las Vegas. That's hilarious. That you can't you, make this shit up. To Las if Vegas. You're a, if you're a Chargers fan, you you already know that the Raiders love our sloppy seconds, so they ain't mm-hmm. got nothing to do with us. Sure do. Um, as a whole, we got a lot of things to worry about. Our cap situation is like top ten worst in the league. Some people gotta go. Some people unfortunately gotta go. Um, some people we wish would stay probably gotta go. And it's not. A good outlook because we don't have any kind of money. It's not. It's not looking fun. But the creme de la creme that I can always say is you have Justin at, Herbert. At least we got our quarterback. <laughs> I was about to at say least, we have Justin Herbert. Where it ain't perfect, but you know there's twenty other twenty to twenty five other teams that wish they had anything close to Justin. Herbert. Matter of fact, it's so bad. That um, I, I keep seeing that they're comparing Drake May to Justin Herbert, and if we can get anything close to that here in DC, <laughs> it's just like you know, we passed on Justin Herbert in the draft for Chase Young, and we see how that worked out. You, did. you know, you know, in hindsight, is always twenty twenty. At the time, it looked like a good idea because we thought he was a generational talent. He's from the area. It just everything seemed to pan. But passing on Tua and Justin Herbert in one draft. I can't let that happen again. You, y'all, y'all don't have a choice. Don't have you a choice. And, and that's why I say, y'all have Justin Herbert and you paid him already. It's not like he's up for a deal. You paid him. So it, he's he's set. You just got to fix the team helps. around. But it helps that, like Chase Young, he's a semi-local kid. He's from Oregon. He, at least he's from the West Coast. Mm-hmm. He's very comfortable in L.A. And he doesn't seem to ever be starstruck by his surrounding stuff around L.A., which... It's helpful to have a personality like that. Well, part of it is because, you know, it's the Chargers. Like, if if he were playing for the Dodgers, it would be different. Yeah. (laughs) Don't nobody in L.A. give a fuck about the Chargers? (laughs) He's not wrong. Not wrong. He just has a very, he has a good temperament for the type of team that he plays on. We have, we have issues everywhere, but they're all fixable because the roster is still decent. We got some pieces to move around here and there we've been decently good at drafting in the later rounds not necessarily the early rounds but who knows we brought bowers get ready to wear the lightning bolt you're gonna do some blocking you're gonna do some catching and you know somebody other than keenan allen gotta catch the ball damn it well somebody other than keenan allen gotta be healthy 
It's the other thing. Someone else got to be healthy. Yeah. Justin Herbert doesn't know who his receivers are from day to day. Because <laughs> niggas are never healthy. But anyway, yeah, that's the charges. Like we said elsewhere, Raheem Morris to the Falcons got to be the funniest hire of all of them. Because for people who do not remember, when Dan Quinn was fired midseason in Atlanta, who was the interim head coach? That would be Raheem Morris. Raheem Morris. Raheem Morris was the interim head coach. He ended up having like a decent record, like a winning close to uh, above 500 record as the coach. Got them respectable, but they didn't get to the to the playoffs, obviously, because they were in such a hole. But he got them respectable. They fired him or just didn't retain him, I guess is the word, because as an interim, you're not really fired. But like they, they didn't retain him as head coach. Instead, went to Arthur Smith, who fucked it up. Only for them to come back around the block and say, hey, big head, you want to be coach again? You could not live with, with your, your own failure. And where did it lead you? Back, back to me. <laughs> that's the first thing. As soon as I see Arthur Blank's number, that's the first thing I answer. Before he even says a word, how, you could not live with your own failure. <laughs> it's just like, nah. How and I'm making, I'm making them finish the line. And where did it lead you? I, I want to hear you say it. Back to Back. me. <laughs> it's like, yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy, though. But yeah, shout out to Raheem Morris. And here's the other thing. It's like, bro, people look at the fact that like Raheem Morris was a head coach. But he was like 32 years old when he was a head coach in, in Tampa Bay. You know? Like, that was like 15 years ago. He was 32. He was a child. It's not like today's NFL where people are embracing 32-year-olds. You know? This was a different time back then. The NFL was much more safe. It was much, like, not on the field, but, like, in terms of the way people were thinking, GMs were older, everybody was older back then. Now you got a new wave of young GMs, and now you got young coaches as a result. That's part of the other reason Belichick ain't getting the job, because he's 71. Ain't This a new wave of GMs, you know? It's, it's and, a new wave of GMs, but... And coaches. I've said it on my show before. Only in coaching... And in politics, are do you see so much ego that a man who is financially secure and financially stable by every definition of the world still wants to have a job in his 70s? That is over leading over people. <laughs> that is purely ego. That is ego. purely this cannot operate without me. Power I hungry. Am driving force. It's like, bro. You, the young niggas, like, nah, bro. Purely ego. Football and politics, the same breath, like you said. Because there's no way that 70-year-olds are leading 20-year-olds in anything. But in football and politics, you'll see it. You, like, if you, say you worked at AT&T. You just worked in a call center somewhere. If your boss was in his 70s, you'd be like, fam, you can't even work an iPhone. How the hell you going to tell me how to operate? I had to teach you to turn on your damn computer. (laughs) I sent that last mass email. Right. You don't even know how to send mass emails. You don't know how to send a text message. So why at 71, Belichick, I get you on the record. I do. I don't give a fuck about that record. That's the other thing, too. You got enough records. You got seven Super Bowls. You've been to ten. What the fuck else do you need? You selfish son of a bitch. Sorry, go ahead. What what do you want? What do you want? And you know what it is? Also, a lot of coaches were athletes in their heyday. And, you know, 
characteristics of at, being an athlete follows you for the rest of your life. Sure and we don't know how to accept that our time is over. Your time is up. You're 71. Uh-huh. Go be a family man. Go it's fuck 50-year-olds like the rest of your 70-year-olds. Go fuck 24-year-olds. Bro, and you Bill Belichick. You can get all the hoes. You get all the hoes. All the hoes in the nursing home. All no, them. forget the nursing home. Get the 24-year-olds like the old, the other old heads. Robert Kraft like Robert fucking 20 and 30-year-olds. Like your boss was fucking while you were coaching. He married a 31-year-old at 89. You, why can't that be you? Why Why do you need to keep doing this? Because Bill Belichick, the other thing too, he doesn't have, really have like a ton of hobbies outside of football. I, I mean, this is not me talking. This is literally like, you know, this is on record. Like, you know, his, he's not like, he's not, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Like, he, he's he's not like some of these other 70 year olds that, that like doing, like bro. Learn to go play chess and go play in the park. Like, I, I don't know. Go, go be someone's granddad. Go yell at a cloud. Do something. Right. Like, why do you even want to do all this? You're 70. And plus, this is the other thing, too. Everybody keeps talking about, oh, he's going to take a year off and come back in 2025. Have y'all met 70-year-olds? He take one year off. He ain't coming back. No. This is the last we've seen of Bill Belichick. We ain't never seen him again. If he doesn't get a coaching job this year. If we want to be absolutely real about it. Nope. The Super Bowl is next week. Why you ain't got no job yet, Bill? All the teams who are looking for a coach are clearly not in the play. They're not interested. You, There are two openings what? left, and neither one of them wants you. One of them in your home state. If they wanted you, they would have had you by right. now. The, the, the but you want, to be, you want to be greedy. You want full unilateral power. Harbaugh's gone, I'm sorry to tell you. But... If the Falcons don't want you after you whooped them twenty from twenty eight to three, because no, you know what happened? There was things coming out about the Falcons where it's like, oh, he wanted his unilateral power. He wanted to come in here and just run the show. Like nigga, this is why you got fired. And that's another reason for one, I didn't want Belichick in it. Me neither. And two, I don't know what anyone who's wondering why he doesn't have a job yet. You don't go from having absolute power and just willingly give that shit up. He that's not that's that's not how he works. That's not how anybody works. Hell, a most boomers, example. most baby boomers are not changed. They're they're not. Uh, what's the word? Like they, they don't embrace change. That's the whole thing with seventy and eighty year olds. They are hesitant to change. They want everything to be like it was back in the day. Nigga, this is why you got fired because you're hesitant to change. You're seventy that's- years old. Hesitant to change. It's a man thing. It's the ego. Everybody who has an older who has an older dad. Remember when you were, you know, in your early twenties, and your dad was starting to slow down a little bit, and you're like, "Hey, let me do that for you, so that you can sit down." And your dad deliberately was like, "No, I got it," and then hurts himself. That I can't relate. My... Boy, go out most and do people, stuff. You don't do nothing. Most people can. They know, like, hey. I'm the man of the house. I don't want to give up. You know, I don't want to see you as an as an adult, as a peer. I want to see you as an underling. Right. That's how Belichick views 99% of the people in the football world. Right, exactly. He came from it. Like, it's just different. That Bill Parcells tree. And the same with all these other old head coaches, bro. Stop giving old heads. This is why Sean Payton ain't going to work in Denver. 
like bro, this ain't the old NFL no more, bro. These young heads, these young niggas is not they not responding to all that. It's not gonna work. They're not responding to all that. They make too much money. And at the end of the day, if the if it's a high quality player, they got more power than you got. Right. You lucky Russ trash. Because if it would have been somebody like Justin Herbert, your ass wouldn't even have a job. You'd have been fired midway through the season. You saw what happened to Urban Meyer. He thought he could come in here and run shit like he had Ohio State. Nope. No. Do you think that if uh if C D Lamb says I don't want. Well, no, Dallas uh, is different. No, uh, Dallas is different because Jerry Jones is a whole different. No, that that see, see Dallas no, is in its own no, bubble. That's Jerry it. has the power, but let Michael Parsons or CD Lamb say we don't want McCarthy. Jerry Guess be like, McCarthy. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Jerry doesn't want a real coach there. That's different. I'm other yeah, organizations. Jerry doesn't. Yeah, Dallas is the best because Jerry will be like, well, people in hell want ice water. Like, you know, it's like <laughs> he true. He don't want no real coach there. That's why he wouldn't hire Belichick. People had to know, but I'm saying, I'm talking about people at the network I work at really was in their mind thinking, hey, Bill Belichick would be perfect. And that's why he's not going because he would be perfect. Bill Belichick would get to Dallas and tell Jerry, shut the fuck up in the first meeting and he'd be out. Would would be the first head coach to get fired before he plays a game. Before he plays a down. Hey, shut the fuck up, Jerry. Shut up, I know shut this boy up. didn't tell. Like, <laughs> boy, do you know who I will? And he would hang up. <laughs> just hang it, just right. I will. <laughs> That's the last thing you would hear. He will, Jerry would call <laughs> Bill. Jerry would call Bill Belichick himself, boy, and say, "Boy, I will throw you off my stadium." Boy, you think you you yeah, you will never get another job? You you think that you think I held Jimmy out the you? He wouldn't be able to finish a sentence. He would just, he'd just be like, yo. He'd be I, so bad. Ooh. <laughs> like, yeah. But, yeah, no. But the point is, it was a lot of coaching hires. Even Carolina. Like, Dave Canales came out of nowhere, kind of. Like, out like, of nowhere. Out of, like, I didn't expect that one. Like, and I guess that was one of those jobs where you weren't going to get a high. Not to say he's not a quality coach, but, like, you weren't going to get. You didn't have to pick a litter in Carolina because of the. Reputation. You you weren't going to just throw money at Ben Johnson and be like, come to Carolina. Like, no, no. It, it wasn't as no. polarizing of a job. Like like you said earlier, no matter how you feel about the Chargers or whatever, it's the most appealing job because you got Justin Herbert. Right. And the Falcons have a good chunk of young talent that just kind of hasn't been put together. And they don't have like a bad cap situation. They have a decent, no. you know. So. They got a good cap. Washington, uh, that's a... Uh... Washington a good job now because you got new ownership. You don't have Dan Snyder in the building no more. You got like five picks in the top 100. You have the most but cap space in the NFL. You have $90 million in cap space. That first point is why it's iffy because you know you don't know what you're getting into with management yet. Well, no, but Nobody. that's the thing. That's, they, the, people have said because you got adults in the room now, it's actually a job where you can come in and build your own culture. That's what yeah. people are. I'm, I'm not saying this. This is what, this is what like people in the, with, you know, 
So I mean, it's still it's still an unknown because it's you know like obviously it's still an unknown, but it's not like like Washington used to be what Carolina is now, where it's like bro, you got to throw a hell of a lot of money for me to even think about coming over there. But Washington ain't that no more. Well, I don't know why we're talking about Washington because Ron Rivera technically hasn't been fired. Yeah, he he got fired weeks ago. He got fired after the last game. Was it worth? Was it the day after? He got fired the day after. He I guess I was just ready. I guess I was just so ready for it to happen. I was like, when? No, yeah, no, it happened so quickly that we didn't even see it. <laughs> he he yeah. got fired. He essentially got fired at at at. at uh, you know what? I remember because he got fired at like twelve oh three. Yeah, he got fi- no. That was Arthur Smith. He got fired the day after. Doesn't make a difference either way. But yeah, no, to your point, he got fi- he was the first hire on Black on Black Monday, the first firing on Black Monday. It was because, remember, it was him and Arthur Smith, and then there was, like, a week law where it was nobody, and then you would see, like, coordinators start dropping. It was it was a weird thing. But anyway, moving on from coaching and whatnot, we're going to talk about another team that's got coaching problems. And this team has played themselves. You played yourself, dedicated to the people that should have sat down and ate their food. And I'm going to tell you what. I thought that when I left the Wizards to come to Milwaukee's fan base that I was running away from mismanagement and bullshit. You know, I thought that I was finally away from that. And in the span of two, in the span of one and a half seasons, the Milwaukee Bucks have fired three coaches who have combined to win over 100 games. Or two coaches, sorry. They fired two coaches who have combined to have the two top records in the league and won over 80% of their game. Both of them gone. One of them gone halfway through his first season. Don't you just love... In favor of Doc goddamn Rivers. For Doc Rivers. How many chances is Doc Rivers going to get? How many chances? What dirt does he have on the league? You know, he's got somebody's nudes. He's got someone's anti-Semitic text. He's got to have something. Somebody called him the nigga. Somebody. <laughs> he's just, and I understand. I'm all for a black man getting a job. But not at the expense of another black man. Look, we're here for a black man getting a job. At the end of the day, not you Rivers. just won't do a good job. I'm sorry, to, I'm sorry, black man ain't shit I can do for you. It's not nothing I can do. I can't just keep busting my head against, not for this black man. Any other <laughs> It's like, yo, dog. Look, we, we just talked, we talked about it with the Chiefs. When someone tells you who they are. Believe them. Year after year, believe them. Believe them. Like, it. But it's the funniest thing is at the same time that resume should keep you from getting a job. That's the reason he's getting one is because of that resume. You, you win one championship, you are set for life in the NBA. It doesn't matter how many jobs. You, you win one job and you keep winning everywhere you go to because he's top 10 all time and wins. Like he wins in the regular season. That's not the issue. It's when you get to the postseason and then all the he the funniest thing to me is, is a couple of funny things. First of all, he was hired as a consultant to consult the dude who 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 he ultimately is taking his job for. Boy, that looks crazy. And then secondly, his whole thing is oh, he's hired because he knows how to deal with stars. And yet every team he's been with, all the stars hate him. They hate him. All they of them. He doesn't know how to handle, doesn't know how to handle uh, personalities, because that's something, <laughs> that's something, especially in this new uh, super team NBA, that you have to have. You got to know how to manage in this player retirement era, because you're good, because you need at least two superstars to compete. Yep, not even to win. You need two superstars to just compete. You know, and it's just like. In some in some cases, it's like, well, if James Harden doesn't fuck with you, I, I don't know. Maybe you're not in the wrong. 
you know, uh, if, if if Ben Simmons don't fuck with you, you maybe it's his fault. You've done nothing <laughs> wrong if Ben Simmons don't You know, like, if they don't. But when Chris Paul and Blake Griffin and Joel Embiid and J.J. Reddick and, 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 and that's just the big four I can think of off the top of my head. It's, it's so many others. When they have come out publicly and some have called you directly and some have kind of suggested that some things, that ain't good. And, you know... I, as a Bucks fan, would like to believe that we're going to overcome all of that. Shut the fuck up, fans. It's different this time. That's, I'm the delusional bitch that is dating the nigga that cheated on his previous three baby mamas. I'm Summer Walker of the NBA right now. You know? The, I am just going to ignore all of these weird bitches because clearly they're bitter and angry. And, and, and I'm going to stick with my man. This is, this is what I'm doing right now. And as soon as it happens to me, I'm going to be like, oh, man, I never saw this coming. Well, look, you. This you is what I'm at this abusive, point. You left an abusive relationship with Washington. I did. So when you come here and you and you start another abusive relationship, you know it had it started off real high, started off real high, and you know they got pissed off from came home from work one day and said some things. Bitch, that we don't have me low. <laughs> and, and you know you're like he's a good man. He's a good, he's a good man. Guy. Because he's going through some things, and you forgave him. You said, "Don't do it again," but you forgave him. Well, no, no, actually, no. But no, in fairness, in fairness, there wasn't any. It, it, it hasn't been like down yet. This, this is the first real test. This is the first real test right here. Because this is, and it, it feels like a lot of that, panic moves. You like, you fire Budenholzer, you know, after he's coaching a playoff series in which he lost his brother the night before, and then loses to Miami. Like you, you fire him after that. Um, whatever. Okay, then you trade Drew Holiday, which, in fairness, is Dame Lillard you traded him for. It's not like it was an uneven trade, but Drew Holiday meant so much more to the culture of your team than a lot of people realize. Well, than people in the building probably, or I don't know. But you, you trade Drew Holiday away, and then now you're firing the coach. Like, it's just a lot of panic moves going on right now. It, it's a lot of panic moves when you're not in the situation to panic. When you're not. You're literally, you're, you're, you're number one and number two in the NBA every year. Like, what do you, you've been to, you you have a finals in the last four years? Three. Three years ago they won it? Yeah, well, yeah, because it's the 23-24 season, so they won it in 2020-2021. Okay, so you, you've won a finals, you've been to an Eastern Conference finals, and you have you've the best lost- in the NBA. And you've lost to an eventual NBA Finals team in a three. That's a good three run. With the best record in the NBA in there as well. Like, why are you panicking? You're acting like a team. Like, you're not the Knicks. You're not the Knicks. You're you're not the Knicks. You're not the Sixers. All teams who should panic. panic. (laughs) But, But you, for what? Your your superstar is in his prime. Uh, you maybe could have done some dealing with Chris Middleton, but he's still savageable. I, I don't see you have a deep roster. Like, you know what it is? Giannis got that whole organization shook. This man has his name in every single record book. I mean, his he's erasing everything. Kareem Abdul Jabbar might as well have not played there. He everything you look in the in roster, he's number one in blocks, number one in points. Number one in I mean, rebounds, Giannis, number one everywhere. And Giannis already carved out a Hall of Fame career. Exactly. But but this is the point. When that man who's not even in his prime yet comes out and says, 
I have to evaluate if the organization is committed to winning. Nigga. <laughs> as soon as he said that, it just shifted all the energy in the room. Now now we're panicking. Oh, we got to trade Drew Holly. Oh, we got to do this. We got to do this. Oh, we're firing a dude halfway through the season because the players ain't buying in. That's what happened. Giannis got that organization shook. He say jump, and, then, and these niggas are saying hi, hi, how high. And that's the difference between when a star goes to a solidified organization and when a star goes to a non-solidified organization. Like the Lakers would never do this when Kobe was when Kobe was messing around. Right. When Kobe was like, "Hey, I think I want to be traded," the Lakers didn't sit there and panic and trade everybody. They're like, "We can handle this. We've been here before." Da 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 da. Anybody gets pissed off in Miami, fine. Be mad. Be mad or get out. They shipped off D-Wade. Don't think we won't ship you off. This nigga Pat Riley told LeBron, I don't know why you're talking to me. <laughs> Go talk to your coach. <laughs> when he wanted them fired, didn't fire him. They won three titles or two. <laughs> so it's like, right there. yeah. But when you when LeBron's in Cleveland or when Giannis is in Milwaukee, these places yeah. that they basically built from the ground up, you have all the say so in the world. You know how much say so Giannis got? His trash brother's still on the team. And he don't even really use it. Like people think Giannis is like out here saying, hey, this. They probably go by him and be like, hey, so what do you think about this? And he'll be like, well, I or I don't or I whatever. And then they'll be like, oh, okay. And then they make a move. And then people will be like, well, Giannis said that he wanted him fired. I think that's that's. I think what goes on, they just run it by players, like have conversations with them, and then they make moves accordingly that they probably were going to make anyway. I mean, yes, but we can say not a single move gets made on that roster without asking Yon, without Giannis saying yay or nay. Oh, of course. Now, what, whether he has final yay or nay is a whole different story, but nothing happens. They don't hire an intern without him saying yes or no. So, he could yeah. say... I ain't like the way that intern walked in here. I ain't like his pants. No. <laughs> nigga, get new pants, nigga. Actually, matter of fact, take the pants off. You walk the pants, that's around. Balls out. All right, there you go. Make sure I see the balls. That's an HR violation, but still. Don't tell HR. I, bitch, I am HR. <laughs> I am HR. Giannis is HR. Go talk to Giannis. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> do NBA teams, you know what? NBA teams do have HR, but it does not apply to the players. Or the people that work there, apparently. Look at Dallas. <laughs> we saw what happened with Mark Cuban. And, and well, not him directly. But, like, his. we remember that story. Yeah. I, I, it, it also, it does depend on how high up you are. Like right. we said, uh, Robert Kraft and the old rubbing tub. Hmm. But that wasn't an HR situation. That was off campus. <laughs> that wasn't off campus. <laughs> Nigga was in there. But anyway, all right, moving on. Um. Well played, you know, dedicated to some feel-good stories. And obviously, it's not a whole lot to feel good about right now if you live in or are paying attention to what's going on in the Gaza Strip and the West Bank and whatnot. Um, if you, you know, Palestinians obviously have been going through it since, I mean, long before October 7th, but it really got put on the radar in October 7th of last year. Just the horrific shit that is happening to them. But... With that being said, I mean, they're, they're, I guess they did have, I guess, one thing you can... I mean, the sports is kind of trivial at the moment, but the Palestinian soccer team in uh, the Asian Cup, I believe it is, for the first time in their history, they made the 
they made the round of 16, you know? Uh, and, I mean, that's big for them. I mean, something to look forward to. And otherwise, everything else going on. I mean, that, that that's, I guess that's, you know, in the sports world, they kind of have something. Is that. Look, sports may not be the most important thing in the grand scheme of all things. But what it is, it's a great distraction. It's something positive that you can pull out of a negative situation that can bring people together. We can go as far back as when the Saints won the Super Bowl. Yep. Uh, immediately after Katrina, of uh, the city of Detroit. There's just a lot of things that sports bring together. It brings people together for positive reasons for the most part. And yes, what's going on in Palestine and the Gaza Strip and everything is a national, international tragedy. It's free Palestine over here. If you, yep. don't, if you don't like that, fuck you and everything you stand for anyway. Yep. But... Getting that far to be on the world's biggest stage. The World Cup is two years away. Yep. Two years away. And I believe this is going to be the last um, qualifying tournament. Because you, the way most international competition works is you qualify by continent. Otherwise, we would have 100 damn teams in the competitions. And plus, there's and, a lot of teams that are in territories or like countries that don't technically exist. So like, if it was you do it by continent, it's easy to let them in. Exactly. And I believe you got to finish top eight in your region, continent, whatever you want to call it, to qualify. Mm-hmm. Which means, hey, they only got one more win. And I don't know. I mean, at the time we're recording, I don't know if they've already played and whatever, but I just know last time hey, I saw them, they won. So. Time zones are hard. Time zones are hard, and then, you know, world play, whatever. But yeah, shout out to the Palestinian team. You know, even if it's only temporary, you know, they got something. And shout out to South Africa. For fighting the good fucking fight, bro. They have been keeping Israel accountable. You know, they they presented this case at the world courts or whatever to to charge them for war crimes. You know, you have them, you have, and then you got. It's funny, all the Western powers are backing Israel. Every one of them has been accused of genocide at some point in their history, <laughs> and all the countries that they committed genocides against are back in Palestine. Are saying no, no, no. Um, Shut the I remember, up. I was there. Right, back up. <laughs> like you know, so. Yeah, shout out to South Africa, shout out to Yemen, shout out to all the world, you know, free Palestine, like we said over here. Free all oppressed black people around the world, so, yeah. And with that being said, uh, we got one final thing. So, it is now officially, the Super Bowl is set, the Super Bowl is in Las Vegas of all places, this is going to be horrendously crazy. This is going to be ridiculous. I told you, remember I said, on, I don't know if it was this show, I can't remember where, but I told you on this show before. It was about a year or two ago when we first learned that it was coming to Vegas. It's going to be a shit show. Las oh, Vegas. La- nigga, it, it's so bad. We we already seen it. The NFL is so scared. They're not even letting these dudes stay on the strip. They are staying 25 miles away at some random hotel that I didn't even know existed. I didn't know there were hotels outside the strip in Vegas. And they got them staying over there. You got them telling refs, don't be wearing NFL stuff when you're not working. <laughs> you got... It's like, bro, when you, when at your other jobs, if y'all go to a conference in Vegas, let's, let us know. <laughs> they are shook. How you gonna have it both ways? Anyway, that being said, it's in Las Vegas. Oh, man, one week until the chaos erupts. It's gonna be crazy. And I say all that to say, we gonna play a game. If you and I, Jamal, ran the National Football League in all its operations, and we were in charge of putting the Super Bowl anywhere, what is the most outrageous place that you could think of to host the Super Bowl? The most outrageous Maybe not place? even the most outrageous, but what is a place, what is it, the most ignorant? 
<laughs> just a place where it's like, what the fuck are we doing here? Because you got you got to realize being a Texan and playing high school football here, a lot of our high school stadiums don't make fucking sense of how big they really are. And I'm just thinking, shit, we fuck around, have a Super Bowl and the Gopher Warrior Bowl in Grand Prairie, <laughs> Texas. Hey, yo. That shit holds about 10,000 people. Now, I'm just saying, to have it at a high school stadium would be disrespectful, but that would be hilarious. <laughs> I would find it hilarious. I would find um, it hilarious. Damn. Where, where, where would you put it for ignorant, for ignorant purposes? Oh, man. I don't even know if I'd keep it in the States. I'd do it something that's crazy because, you know, this, this shit. Uh, have it in Brazil. Have a BBL Just- convention. A BBL convention down in the fucking no I'm playing no not Brazil no that's crazy um I can realistically see them try to have one in England or Germany oh definitely they're they're, they're they're aiming that because they keep trying to do games over there you know now they're expanding to Africa because they got a they got a commercial coming out Super Bowl day they've been promoting about Africana so NFL Africa's got something's cooking I don't know what so but yeah. Fucking England, Brazil. You know where? France. We could have that bitch. France, dirty ass shit. Dirty ass France. France is dirty as fuck, bro. That's not the (laughs) point. We could have it in France. Yep. Mainly because when the French don't like something, they burn everything down. They burn that bitch down. Let a ref make a bad call. They're going to burn down the state. Burn that bitch. Them niggas going to burn the hotel to stay in. They're going to burn the hotel. Sports do not hold refs accountable. At least American professional sports do not hold refs accountable. They don't. The French will. They will. Bet they you have. the French will. They have. They've they tried it. to raise their retirement age by two years. They said no, one year. hell. One year? I actually know. You're right. It was two. It was two. No, because it was from 65 to 67. Yep. They tried to raise it two years. Hell no. Wait. Spent a week burning shit down. Burning shit down. They stopped picking up trash. They're like, nah, fam. We ain't, we ain't about this. <laughs> they was burning trash and just throwing it out there. And Macron came back and said, you know, I was just playing, guys. Come oh, on, now. Oh, what's tripping? Y'all, y'all know. No. And he put it back down to 66. <laughs> and, and you the know what? The ref, throws a PI, the ref throws a PI call and all he sees is flaming bottles in the stands. <laughs> They're like, get on the mic and say what you want to say. After review, after review, and his hands shaking real bad. It, 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 it's been determined. <laughs> it, it, no call, no call, no Everybody call. That's what I fucking thought. Or you gonna have some American nigga come in there? Man, fuck these people. After review, it's been determined that something, whatever. Okay, he go back to his hotel. These niggas done found his phone number, address, everything. Like he's staying at the Westin. I gotta get the fuck. He just start wrapping his back up in his dip. He wonders why he comes back to his hotel and everybody Burn is gone. Burn the whole bitch down. Burn the whole his fa- bitch find out down. his family being held for ransom back home. Like, <laughs> it's like, yo, what are we doing? But yeah, no, France would be comedy. That would be funny. Oh, man. But yeah, with that being said, this has been the end of a hilariously interesting show. Um, it is the Super Bowl. It's been set. Nobody's happier than middle America. Because um, y'all didn't made it. This is y'all dream. Enjoy it. <laughs> because you won't get it very long. There's niggas everywhere. It's even niggas coaching now. We got five black coaches that are niggas now. Y'all are in trouble. 
but y'all still own the team, so maybe you're not. Anyway, uh, yeah, but shout out to Jamal. Shout out to Jamal for being here, you know. You know, I'm always happy to spread some ignorance and, you know, just put as much hate on the Chiefs in that organization as possible because they don't deserve it. All y'all are bandwagon fans. Fuck. I, I still rock with the Chiefs. That's just me. I just didn't want them to win this year. But that being said, we got to get up out of here. Play-by-play analysis podcast. Your boy, Devin Nash, PSK, play-by-play. If you know, you know. If you don't know, worry about it. And we'll see y'all when we see y'all. Deuces. And we out. <laughs>